Hey, fellas, what's up? Welcome to the Forge HQ podcast. It is officially getting started. We've been talking about this for a while. If you're new, the Forge HQ, what is the Forge? It is simply a community of men living on purpose. We have been journeying together for the last two and a half years, trying to define, defend, discover what it means to be a man who lives up to biblical principles and who God designed us to be from the very beginning of time. And we are jumping into the podcast space as we grow as a tribe um, so that we can continue to grow together. Today, I want to jump right in. We we don't have an intro podcast. We've got right in the middle of life. We talk about just taking one step and getting started. And so this is the first step towards us getting our story connected digitally. And so we're going to jump right in every week. Our goal and our hope and our prayer is going to be to bring you a couple pieces of information that'll be pivotal to your journey as a man. One of them is our listening guide. You can go to theforgehq.org. You can get a hold of the listening guide. You can follow us on Instagram or Facebook to get that update weekly. But Our listening guide simply is as a tribe, we are journeying through scripture together. Uh, We want to be men who know how to hear the voice of God. And sometimes the best place to start is by looking at what he's already said. I would argue the best place to start would be knowing what he has already said. If you want to hear the voice of God in your life today, he's probably going to say some things that sound like something he's already said. So it's pivotal in our journey as men, as leaders, as lovers, as fathers, as friends, as brothers, to know the word of God, that it becomes a cornerstone, the foundation of our journey of following Jesus and living out what it means to be a godly man living on purpose. And so this year we have been in 2023 journeying through scripture together. And so we are currently in week 15 and uh, there's this idea and this thought. We're in the middle of David's life. We're in 1 Samuel and beginning 2 Samuel, and we're in the midst of David's journey as a man. Uh, Scripture calls him a man after God's own heart. Um, Even though there are low moments in David's story, Scripture still records that he was a man after God's own heart. Um, And God, being the supreme author of Scripture, calls David a man after God's own heart. It's a powerful powerful statement. Um, And in the midst of his journey, right, here's David and specifically 1 Samuel uh, 25 through 27 um, is talking about David's journey. He's in the midst of living in the wilderness. He has gathered around him, you know, 400 or so men, families uh, of disgruntled dudes, a ragamuffin band of brothers that are destitute. Scripture says they were in debt. Uh, They were frustrated. Uh, They're not the guys that make the A-list, that you go out recruiting new dudes to start a team. These probably weren't them. However, what God is going to do in the cave, the wilderness, their journey together is God's going to create some of the most mighty men of Israel out of these 400 people. And he's going to create a leader out of David who can be a shepherd of people, a shepherd of men who can be a warrior of men, but who could take a cave and turn it in to a place of worship. And he could create worshipers out of destitute ragamuffins 
and broken men, he could take them, put them before the throne of God in the place of worship and allow God to shift and change their hearts to mold them all into what would become David's mighty men, right? And a mighty force to be reckoned with. Um, and so in the midst of the story, right, First uh, Samuel uh, 25 through 27 specifically is what I was reading when this thought began to occur. And um, I'm constantly looking at scripture and I'm constantly writing down um, the names of God. Um, I'm fascinated by all the ways that God shows up in scripture uh, or ways that we can describe God, um, character attributes that we can attribute to him. And so this one stuck out to me that he is the in-between God. The God is an in-between God. He's the God of the in-between, right? So here's David. He's in the wilderness. He's living in a cave. He's camping perpetually with dudes. He's out in the middle of nowhere, and God is still present. Specifically, the right David's story, he goes from being a shepherd in his father's house, living out in the wilderness, to being anointed to be the next king of Israel. And then he finds himself before Saul playing the harp, the lyre. So he's in the palace. So he goes from the pasture to the palace and he knows the benefits of living in the palace. Then he goes back to shepherding and back to the palace. And he's going back and forth between the pasture and the palace, serving and uh, and using his gifts. And then all of a sudden Israel's at war and he finds himself standing before Goliath, the giant. And he responds as a man who knows the power the goodness, the kindness, and the purpose and calling of the Lord. So he responds to Goliath's rants and his, really his um, affronting of Israel and his calling out of uh, Israel as a nation. And he confronts him not with his own ability, but he confronts him based on who the Lord is. And it's that victory over Goliath that begins this catapult Holt of David's life and his story from the pasture back into the palace, back into this place of being a warrior and leading the armies of Saul. And it says that everywhere that David went, the Lord gave him victory. So David's fame is growing. And then we find that David marries Saul's daughters, one of the princesses of Israel, right? So it puts David at the king's table as his son-in-law. So now David is back in the palace. And then all of a sudden, but not really all of a sudden, Saul's whole demeanor turns against David. And now David finds himself on the run. And so David has gone from the palace to a cave, to the wilderness. And I, I, I know that I would be thinking if I was David, Lord, you've anointed me to be king. Kings live in palaces. What am I doing in the cave? And so David's got to know that one day, somehow, some way, God is going to get him back into a palace. But God continues to show his favor to David as the in-between God. So David is without a wife. He leaves his wife in the palace and he's in the wilderness without a wife. And God provides not only one wife, but two wives. Um, we we see this this story unfold where the Lord is providing food. He's providing substance. He's providing work. He's providing protection. He's providing opportunity for David, even though David is not where God had promised him he would get him or where he would end up. And and I think sometimes as men, if we're honest, like if I'm honest as a man, I, I am so concerned about the end result. I want to get to the end place. I want to get to the place that God has called me. I want to walk in the promise that he has for me. 
that sometimes I can mistake the present moment and what God is doing as a setback instead of an opportunity where God is displaying another part of his nature as being the in-between God. That in the midst of waiting from where I felt like the Lord gave me a promise or I'm standing on a vision or a purpose or a desire and its fulfillment, that in that space in between those two places, God is so present and God is so understanding and God is listening, paying attention, and he is involved in those moments because he's he's the in-between God, right? So David's having these moments where, okay, now I'm starting to see that potentially you're going to help me get to be king because I'm starting to see some things happen that kings do. I'm starting to lead men and they're following me out of respect and out of uh, the anointing and calling on my life. I'm beginning to see favor with other rulers. He finds himself with favor with high-ranking officials in in the Philistine uh, nation. He's finding himself leading and serving. He's finding himself having favor and making kingly decisions before he is king. And that's because as the in-between God, he will use the in-between moments to prepare you for your final place that God has called you to be. There is never a wasted moment, space, or place with the Lord. Like he uses every single moment and aspect because he's the in-between God. What you think is the in-between is really God's perfect plan being played out in your story and in your journey of where he wants to get you, right? So in the middle of David's, what would be called his wilderness season, David was never not in the middle of his calling. He was never not in the middle of the favor on his life. No matter when he was in the palace, when he was in the cave, the wilderness, or enemy territory, or back in the palace as king, David is never not smack dab in the middle of where God wants him and in the middle of God's anointing and calling on his life. And I think for you and I as men, Right, We have to understand that if we're trusting the Lord, if we are following the Lord, if we're submitting our lives to the Lordship of Jesus and we're pursuing Him in all things, then we've got to trust at some point that where He has us currently today, uh, in the middle of April, as we're recording this, that God is present in that, that in your comings and goings today, God is present, that it may not be where you want to be or where you see yourself ending up, but it is where God has you and it's on purpose because he's the in-between God. He's He's in the moment where you are presently and he's working. He's working, he's teaching, he's developing, he's, he's, he's shaving off things in you that have to go to prepare you to be where he's called you. Like God is working and at work at all times and in every moment. And I think sometimes we we like to skip ahead to the end of the story. We love the fairy tale ending, but there are years of David's life where he has spent not in the palace, that he is spent out with men learning, that he is out in the middle of fields staring at the stars in awe and wonder of who God is, that he is, for all intents and purposes, he's committed to the journey. And he's trusting that the Lord is going to fight his battles, that the Lord is going to position in his right timing. And I know we all like to think, hey, like in this story, I'm a David man, I'm totally doing this. But I, I told my wife the other day, I said, I am... I am in the story of David and Goliath. I got to be honest, like I, I don't imagine myself to be David. I really imagine myself probably being one of the other Israelites that is hiding scared somewhere. 
or I'm I'm David's older brother who's upset that all of a sudden my younger brother is trying to sneak in and get in on the action or be a part of what is going on to have a good story, right? I don't assume that I have the character or the the anointing or the calling that David had that I would have responded the same way that he did. But David did. And David did respond and we want to see the end of the story and because we know that David does become king, I think for me especially, I read through First and Second Samuel and David's story, and I skip to the understanding that like, oh yeah, David's going to be king, all this is easy. But for David, it wasn't. David is probably spending nights wondering, talking with Abishai and Abner, and he's talking about these guys and with these guys and processing through what's going on. And he's got to be wondering, Lord, what are you up to? What are you doing? How does being here in the middle of nowhere not in a palace, get me to be king one day, because that's what you've anointed me to be. And so I don't think that there is an issue in our journey of having those same moments where we're asking the Lord, what are you doing? And it's not that he's going to answer us or give us the next 27 steps towards where he's called us to, but I know that like he will give us his presence. And his presence with us in the journey counts for a whole lot more than we often give it credit for that he's the in-between God, that he is present in you driving to work. He is present in you going to give that bid to a customer. He is present in you driving to your kid's t-ball game. He is present in that conversation late at night with your spouse about your finances. He is present because he's the in-between God. And even though we want to fast forward to the end result, the place that we want God to get us, Don't miss, brother, the moment right now where God is trying to be present for you as the in-between God, and you and I will miss him if we only expect him or want him to show up as the final destination God. He is that, but he is the in-between. And when we get to where we think we are supposed to end up, we will still be in-between. And God will still be working on us and developing us for where he's calling us to in the next season. It is a constant growing in pursuit until we stand face to face with the Lord. There's a constant growing and getting better. And so God will always need and want to show up in your life as the in-between God. You and I have to make the choice to adjust our perspective to see him as the in-between God, that he is in between where we were and where we're going, and he is present and he is working. Man, I hope you'll jump in and join us in our journey through the Bible this year. You can, again, go to theforgehq.org. You can go to the listening guide page, and you'll be able to find where we are, catch up, jump in, uh, and continue this journey with us. Hey, remember to live on purpose today. Be who God called you to be. Don't worry about being anybody else. Peace.